0: Good evening ladies and gentlemen, uh, you joined us tonight on a momentous occasion on the Red Voices podcast, can you believe it, he actually managed to make it worse. Uh, <laughs> I'm joined tonight by Ewan and we are, just pray for us please because we have to somehow make sense of all of this and try not to repeat everything we've been saying all season, uh, which is I guess uh, the task that we're all faced with these days, Ewan, I dread to even ask, how are you sir? I'm fine. <laughs> All things considered, in general, or are you lying to my face? Well, to my not-face, because it's a podcast.
1: Oh, God, you know what? I think there was a point today where Van Hal broke me, but in an almost not terrible way. The collapse, the current state of affairs, his demeanour, the substitutions of decisions. I don't know. it It just felt like today was a new apex of terrible hilarity. I really find it difficult to take this whole situation with a really depressive stance. Uh, it was just ridiculous. I mean, yeah, it's terrible. Yeah, it's an awful season. Yes, things are utterly so badly in the mire that we're looking at a second season in three seasons out of the Champions League. But good God, it's almost laughably hilarious in a really awful way how bad things are now.
0: Yeah, Um. you have to laugh because if you don't, you'll cry. Um. But I did that already, uh, I so sh- I decided to laugh. <laughs> I sort of share that, yeah, I share that as well, I mean, I think a lot of us have now arrived at a point where there's almost a numbness to to things, isn't there, I mean, however, it's also come, I think you'll agree, with just this sense of thorough disengagement as well, and disenchantment, I'd love to say there was a numbness, and I'm just fine with how things are going, and I'm over it, and you know, I'm just handling it, but actually, the reason I'm no longer furious uh, is because I'm getting used to it and I'm just waiting for the season to end.
1: Was well, Pierce Weapons animations this afternoon, for instance, when it was confirmed that Leicester were going to be in the Champions League, I suddenly thought, oh, God. I mean, obviously, that was going to be a, a, almost a certainty this season because, you know, they're going to win the league. But when it was actually confirmed, it suddenly dawned on me that the amount of time that we've got left to actually get ourselves a top four spot is rapidly rapidly dwindling
0: sure what is it now five games
1: oh gosh six now
0: okay not not that many anyway and we're very
1: very few <laughs> yeah
0: i mean i can't see us what have we now five points to uh to try and well we're four points well, four behind points and goal City. difference yeah yeah, so f- we need we need to gain five points on them in about six games in order to to get fourth. It's to be honest with you, for as long as we were within a point of them, you know, as bad as we were being, you could sort of console yourself with the fact that they were being similarly inconsistent. But now that's it. As far as I'm concerned, I just cannot see us getting, in essence, two more wins than them in order to uh, to to get those points back.
1: Well, I mean, someone pointed out to me earlier on today uh, that uh, company and Nasri and De Bruyne are now all back for City and especially De Bruyne, I noticed in particular in that match against PSG just how much of an added spark and an extra dimension he gives them. They look a better unit with him going forward by an absolute mile and it is really difficult to envisage at this stage City being rubbish enough to let us back in. Or even if they were rubbish enough, us being good enough to take advantage of them being rubbish.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's it, isn't it? Hey, let's not get bogged down in, in stuff that's too depressing too early. Uh, because for an hour of this game, we weren't losing. and uh, That is true. Consider- that is very true. Despite
1: our, well, especially after that first 25 minutes, our best efforts.
0: Yeah. Right. Well, let, let's just take it from the start then. What did you make of the starting lineup?
1: Again, it's one of those things where for every position you could say okay that's good I like that you can pick one or two that you just think instantly no why is this happening the first one like that was just Rojo at left back again the last three games that he started he's been subbed and I I just thought what do you what is Van Hall trying to prove by starting Rojo when it's clear that either he's not doing well enough or he's not up to the fitness at the minute I mean I guess you could say the only reason you could say is trying to build up match fitness but when you've got other options that have either performed better or can perform better than him in that position. I just found that utterly mind-boggling. And then on the flip side of that, you've got Tim to playing at right-back, who before, you know, he got injured, was probably our man of the match. And then you look again, you've got Rashford up front. Okay, that's good. Martial out left, okay, that's not too bad. And then you go out at 10, Mata at right. No and no. No and no. All the I, no. I can't All the stand no. those two in that swap. It, it, it just, it, it's infuriating.
0: I think Mata showed last season that he can actually do a job in a 4-3-3 with a single pivot when you've got somebody like, it was Carrick at the time, but in this situation could have been somebody like Schneiderlin, sitting deep, and then you've got two roaming, attacking, swapping uh, number eights, who last year were Herrera and Fellaini, and were actually quite effective. But in this situation could be Herrera and Lingard, or Herrera and somebody else, and you know, then all of a sudden Mata can be accommodated out on that right hand side because the single pivot with the two other central midfielders in there means that he doesn't have to track back quite as much because he's more of a wide forward than a right winger. But in this system we're playing now, the double pivot with a four, two, three, one, Mata has to track back a lot more. And even in any other game, maybe you could get away with it. But if you've got Danny Rose who's you know he's not slow. And if you've got, you know, a player on the right-hand side that is cutting in and coming inside so much, somebody like Eriksen, then that just drags Fosu right back infield with him. And all of a sudden you've got Mata, who's about four foot three, trying to keep, and, and isn't quick for his size, trying to keep pace with their left-back. Well, it didn't work, did back, it? Uh, I mean, Eriksen spent uh, a lot no. of that
1: first half after Spurs settled and after they let us dominate possession for 20-25 minutes without really doing anything. Eriksen started to pull fossi and out of position, and it left you know Matter up against Rose, as you said. And it wasn't a complete disaster; it certainly wasn't as bad as that second leg of the Europa League against Liverpool, where Varela just essentially died when United didn't have the ball and didn't really do anything. But it, it was very noticeable how much of a struggle it was for Matter because he's not, you know, he's not fast, he's not particularly physical, and he's not really going to put a player under a gigantic amount of pressure when he hasn't got the ball. And it was one of those situations where you're just thinking immediately, right, I know in my head, I am not a football manager, but I think immediately this situation will get a lot better, a lot better if you just take matter out of that right-sided role, put it a bit more centrally, and pull someone in who has got the, the speed, the energy, and the effort, and the willingness to track back, and be a bit more physical.
0: Well, put it this way. Is Mata a better number 10 than Jesse Lingard? Absolutely. Is Jesse Lingard a better right-winger than Juan Mata in the traditional sense of the word? Absolutely. So if there's a reason to swap them, it's, it's beyond me.
1: It's a Van it, 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 There, There is no other way to describe it. It's one of those situations where I'm actually kind of glad that Van Gaal exists because he makes me feel like I can understand football better. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I know what you mean. But look, I mean, I saw some. somebody said something about it to do with like Jesse's work rate in the centre. And so, you know, it's all to be lauded. But sometimes it just feels like cleverness for cleverness' sake. and, And just stop playing players out of position. I mean, we are not blessed with enough riches to be able to afford the few good players we do have that can create something to be chasing back to right back. I mean, we created nothing and our most creative player, was playing right back practically <laughs> you know so it's it's a whole other thing
1: well even if you take away the situation of uh, well, Van Hal's tendency to play players out of positions so even the ones that he plays in positions sometimes the decisions can be wrong looking back at Rocco you know, he did not have a good first half it felt like one of those situations where this is a classic Van Hal left slash right back substitution at half time because he's not got the back four right again I don't know how he lasted there was that point where Walker sort of danced around him and i'm not suggesting walker should have dived but there was very very definite contact in on the edge of the penalty area or inside the penalty area walker knows he's absolutely done he's been stitched up like a kipper and he's got no chance of getting the ball back and he has gone in and tried to challenge and you know walker's gone on and tried to shot and obviously fossey made the block because essentially he was being superman in that first half and it's situations like that where you've seen over the last couple of weeks Rojo is not quite at the level that we need in general, but his current performances are not adequate to what we require as a left-back to the point where we've seen this for the last couple of weeks. It's not improved, but he's persisting with playing this player in this position, knowing that what he's seen previously, he's not up to snuff. But he persists.
0: Yeah, um, I mean, Marcus Rojo, I think in better form, in a team in better form. I think there's a version of Marcus Rojo that can perform a squad duty in... But (laughs) I just want to take a moment and and, and reflect back to the time where I was lobbying for him to be our starting left centre-back alongside Chris Smalling, making the point that I felt he was good enough to play that role. Maybe the most ridiculous claim I've ever made. And bear in mind, anybody who follows me on Twitter... Uh, will attest to the fact that it's got some competition. Well, <laughs> but, let, let, let's let's go back.
1: Yeah. I, I was speaking to, to Paul from the RankCast about this this week. I was just saying, you remember when we did that podcast back in October time saying, does anyone really doubt that we're going to get top four? We were like, yeah, we're going to get top four. It's not a problem.
0: <sighs> well, this is actually it. I mean, I think this season has been so bad that it's actually caused people to drastically, radically reform their expectations of what they would consider to be an acceptable or good season. I mean, I don't want to get into a whole thing about this because it's been said a hundred times, but there's a suggestion now that if we somehow, somehow get fourth, which I think is, is just not happening after today, and secure, like, you know, win the FA Cup, that all of a sudden this season has been relatively okay. But it's always been with the caveat in brackets of Considering how bad it's already been, but I think one of the things that Van Hal has managed to do with a lot of people, and I really don't understand it, is this thing that he can have four or five or six or seven awful, awful, awful games and scrape two or three wins, and all of a sudden people are so happy to see any sign of life that they forget everything that's come before it, and and coming towards the end of this season now. It's caused people, and is causing people, to reflect on this season and what would and wouldn't represent, you know, a season salvaged, I guess. Um, and all of a sudden, people are in a position where they're saying, as long as we get fourth, and then if we keep, if we win a trophy, then maybe there is justification for keeping Van Hal. Who are you whereas talking those, to? Wh- whereas those same people, no, it has been suggested in in more quarters than it should have been, but those same people in September are saying a title challenge and progress in Europe as well as a trophy or else she's not made progress so it's it's funny how a poor season can cause us to redraw our expectations. Yeah, I mean,
1: we'll we'll, we'll sidetrack a little bit and I, I think this is a good point that you're talking about. I think at this current stage I would say that there is no, I mean, whatever happens this season, whether it's fourth and FA Cup, I wouldn't say from anything we've seen from United in terms of the way we played, in terms of the players that we brought in. I don't feel like United have gone forward at all.
0: You know something, I think people are reading way, way, way too much into all the noises that are coming out of Van Hal's camp at the moment about him planning for next season. I mean, let's just put the Mourinho discussion to one side totally for the rest of the night actually because it's been had to death but I mean David Moyes was still scouting players for United the week he got sacked you know so I I, if if Van Gaal, I'm pretty sure he's still scouting players just for seems to <laughs> yeah. um in all likelihood Van hal has gone and he's done but it doesn't surprise me at all if he's not aware of it um, because that's how Woodward seems to operate
1: well we're getting close to that because that first half was symptomatic of everything that we've seen wasn't it yeah, that first sort of 20-25 minutes I mean I, I thought that the Sky Sports guys were very overly positive about that but it, it, I don't know whether or not they've, they've watched us this, this season you know it was ridiculous it, it was the same old spiel you know we'll start off positively we got at Spurs we tried to make things happen some positive runs Martial doing his mate, normal wonderfulness but we struggled to create chances and once Spurs realised that you know we were all bark and no bite they created chances that were miles, miles better than ours. And they arguably should have been ahead before the half was over. You know, the Mellor's header from Ericsson's cross should absolutely have happened. Uh, You know, there was Fossey mentzah block after Dave sort of rather unconvincingly parried the ball out uh, straight to Kane. And, you know, there was Tim there with another wonderful block. Uh, Let's see. And then uh, Deer missed that header from the, uh, I think it was the Mellor's free kick or Erikson's free kick. I mean, to be fair, at that point as well, David is very, very lucky not to concede a penalty for having his hands essentially all over Harry Kane in a lot of wrong positions. But yeah, I mean, after that sort of opening period, we were done. I mean, I would say for the balance oh, of yeah. that first hour or so, there's definitely something to say that we were mostly evenly matched. I wouldn't say that Spurs were incredible after that sort of first sort of 15, 20 minutes period at the, end, at the end of, start of the second half. But... Neither were we that impressive. We very, we really, really struggled to create
0: anything. Yeah, I mean, I, the the first sort of thirty thirty five minutes, it was a very scrappy game, and you know what? Yeah, we we competed with them in terms of pressing and fighting for the ball and stuff like that. But I mean, that's about it. We we couldn't hold on to it, and we definitely couldn't do anything with it when we had it. Um, I mean, Van Gaal came out today and 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 said we played very well up until the point we nope, conceded. Nope, I'm, nope, like, I'm sorry, nope, but what constitutes playing well now? Because actually, if you boil it down, what he means is we hadn't conceded until the point we'd conceded. Well, that's what happens in every game when you concede goals. And if he means that it didn't look like they were going to score until they did, that's nonsense because I watched the last 15 minutes of the first half with my head in my hands and it didn't get any better in the second No, it did half. not. Second um, half, though. It...
1: Oh, the, the all-time greatest terrible moment I think, in terms of Van Hal positioning slash substitutions, Kev, can I walk you through that, please? Right. Marcus Rashford had been struggling in that first half. You know, he was looking for a quicker delivery, trying to get in and behind the the Tottenham centre backs. He didn't get a lot of the ball. Very similar to what happened against Everton. You know, he struggled and had trouble sort of creating. Fair enough. Okay, he's not, it wasn't terrible, but I can kind of understand to a certain extent that Van Hal wants to do something different that he came off. Ashley Young comes on. Now, immediately my mind starts thinking, right, here's how this could work. Martial up front, Matter at 10, Young out left, and Jesse out wide. Problem solved. It could be brilliant. Kev, didn't happen. What did happen, Ewan? Well, I'll tell you. Jesse at 10, Matter on the right, Martial on the left, and up front, none other than Ashley Young. Absolutely but, Ewan, astonishing. But Ewan...
0: Yes, Kev? Ashley Young's not a striker, though, Ewan. Isn't he? No. Really? If anything, if anything, I think he was being played out of position there. I reckon there was somewhere else on the pitch he could have been better suited to. You reckon? Maybe what what
1: what sort of position would you say that Ashley Young, a left winger, would have been best suited to?
0: Well, probably on the left wing. You reckon? Yeah. Or, do you know what? Actually... Bring him on at left back and take Rojo off at that moment. (laughs) Just don't play him up front. Fucking mind-boggling, Kev.
1: (laughs) Absolutely crazy. Yeah. Good Lord. Oh, I mean, this was the point where it just ascended into farce for me. I mean, there, there was obviously a lot of evidence to say that this should have happened a long time ago. And perhaps my mind should have just snapped at some point to the point where I can just accept the terribleness and the hilarity of what we're seeing. But... Ashley Young at strike again. I can't get my head around it. Just absolutely astonishing.
0: Well, the thing is, like, there there, there is, is no actually uh, there
1: is nothing to say that that should have been a good decision or that it was a wise move to make. I don't. There. Is, oh no,
0: what well, I don't get it. At the, at the risk of cutting you <laughs> off mid rich rant, um, I uh, you know he has got a history of occasionally playing at number ten, but that's a big difference between expecting him to be the one that. You know, runs in behind players in the number nine position, especially when you've you've literally just taken off the best player, apart from maybe Martial at running and creating that space between the lines that we had on the pitch. I mean, just put Rashford up there. Just keep Rashford up there because we had him there the whole game and we didn't play the balls to him that we needed to. Um I mean, look, I, I struggled to keep track of who was playing where, but I know Martial and, and Rashford were sort of switching a little bit between the left and central, but... I don't know, mate.
1: Um, Neither do I, mate. Neither do I.
0: Of course he put Ashley Young up front. Of course he did.
1: But, but I've got to say, I mean, even at the litany of decisions that we've seen from Van Hal, we're talking Phil Jones at corners. We're talking Nick Powell playing for the first time in what two years at United in the Champions League match against Wolfsburg when we needed a win that is the most amazing decision that I think he's made in his time as manager of Manchester United
0: you can almost hear it in the background just the every time the substitution board comes up it's just, it's ridiculous. I mean, you you have to laugh. I mean, how how can you make any sense of that? the The only substitution in my head, aside from Powell Fama, which at least was positionally accurate, um, that I can think of that would rival the Ashley Young on up front substitution is probably from last season when he somehow contrived to end up in a in a in a place where he had Fellaini at number nine and Robin van Persie playing behind him. <laughs> oh, just...
1: oh god I remember that oh, fun, yeah, times. Yeah. fun times
0: Let, let's let's move on a little bit uh, so a little anecdote from my evening uh, I had a meeting that I needed to get to um, for 6 o'clock and as a result I needed to leave the house uh, about uh, 15 minutes into the second half I um, have since caught up but at the time in terms of live I was missing the last sort of half hour 35 minutes of the game um, <laughs> Ewan I live five minutes outside of Cardiff City Centre. The taxi journey took approximately seven minutes. When I got into that taxi, it was (laughs) nil-nil. When I got out of that taxi, it was no longer nil-nil. No, it was not. What in heaven's name happened? We happened. Um, It's very,
1: very difficult to look at Manchester United and say the reason that we lost today was because Tim fosso got injured. Unfortunately, that had a much larger effect than it should have done. We just got absolutely rinsed down our right after Damian came on. It wasn't even... I wouldn't even say it was Damian's fault entirely. He's not had the best season since we lauded him after the first couple of seasons and said he was going to be one of the best right-backs in the league. That was on you, by the way, Kev. Um, let, let's see how that one pans out. Let's put a, let, let's put a pin in that, shall we? Um, it just... It, what it highlighted more than anything for me was just how mentally fragile we are. All it took was one defensive mishap where Smalling and Blin both went up for the same header. I think Jesse tried to come in and get the ball and completely missed it. It was one quick pass out to Eriksen. Great crossing and Dele Alli scores. Very, very simple tap in. Blin was trying to get back, but he, he hasn't really... I guess either he was tired, he didn't have the pace to catch up with him. And Rojo was absolutely nowhere. He just let it go on. And it was a very simple goal. And after that, we just capitulated completely. Freaky then comes in a couple of minutes later and Smalling misses Mark and of our old heads in. A very good goal, to be fair. It was a very well-directed header. But at that point, you're just thinking 2-0. I mean, even at 1-0, you're thinking we're done. At 2-0, my goodness me. And then Lamella taps in that third one with a really great low strike. I mean, Dave, to be fair, didn't have a single chance on any of these. I think he then later on saved uh, a tipped a header from Kane over the bar. And that would have been 4-0. And I think to a certain extent that might have fired Spurs a little bit, but it highlighted just how easy it is and how quickly Spurs can turn on this sort of attacking talent. And it generally just takes a single goal for us to, for for a, a game, a game of football to look like a complete mountain for us to climb.
0: It all comes back to the manager. It really does. I mean, a lot of people will heavily criticise the players and say this team has no fight and this team has no heart. And Memphis had no fight. Character. Memphis
1: almost got in a fight. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but what I will say is, you know, there's evidence to support that claim. And, and as in most things you've heard me say before, you know that is a truth without being the whole truth. What's also true is that team for the best part of a year and a couple of months had a considerable amount of fight under Van Hall. Um And... You know, showed a lot more character than they've showed in this I guess the last two thirds of this season. Um but when your modus operandi, when your philosophy is oh, should shudder even saying that word, um when when your approach is is this deeply in, entrenched pragmatism that is so 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 focused on not making mistakes, then as soon as a mistake is made, the heads drop. I mean, he has managed so prescriptively his attacking players and taking such attacking impetus out of our approach that when we do concede a goal now we have no confidence in our ability to outscore the opponent um, because even when it's nil-nil we're struggling to score because it is a system that is based on marginalizing any chance for error but actually as we've talked about it before Ironically, it's a system which in itself leaves very little margin for error because it needs to be implemented perfectly for it to work. And we've shown ourselves to be imperfect in execution. If you look at the old Ferguson teams, I mean, and it's not just about Ferguson because there's other managers that have had similar effects on their team. It didn't matter if we conceded two because we believed we could score three. Now when the goals go in, we say... You know, where's that going to come from? It's feasible that we could finish this season having only scored five or six more league goals than we've had games. And, you know, we're talking about a team that used to get into the high 70s and 80s for goals scored. Um, It's a sad state of affairs, but it all boils down to the manager. Speaking of the manager, Kev,
1: I'm going to run through a couple of his uh, post-match comments for your uh, delectation. It's, uh, it's what I'm calling, uh, in uh, homage to the great uh, John Stewart, former host of The Daily Show, the avalanche on bullshit mountain. Okay. <laughs> Love it. Continue. Okay. Yeah. I think till the first goal, it was at least equal terms. That being nil-nil, I think. You know, I would say Well, that's quite time. literal, yeah. isn't yeah. it? That's it very was true. nil-nil. <laughs> Martial's chance <laughs> was big. We gave the goal away with miscommunication. Now, the miscommunication thing was good. Martial's chance was big. Let's delve into that a little bit more. Anthony had a big chance, a lot of time and space, but Loris saved it.
0: <laughs>
1: what an incredible thing to say about our one bright spark of attacking talent today. The fact that he ghosted around two or three players all right, I was praying for him to hit it at the bottom right-hand corner beyond Laurie's. He didn't. He hit it and Laurie saved it. But that was the one moment where one of our players ran at Spurs' defence, made something happen and created something of note because that did not happen in the rest of the game. And you're lambasting him for having a go and just trying something. And he's saying, well, you know, a lot of time, a lot of space. No, that's a lie for a start. And just just to publicly call him out like that, when Martial has, for me, been our best outfield player all season, just such a shitty, shitty thing to do.
0: And the thing is, as well, that chance was not a product of our approach. That chance was in spite of our approach. That Exactly. That was, an, exactly. That, was an, that was an example of where one of our attacking players tried to take it into his own hands and say, I'm going to try and make something, manufacture a chance for myself out of nowhere. And yes, it came to nothing. But instead of, it, it's what it comes back to. Do you inspire confidence in your attacking players to keep doing that sort of thing or do you focus on the fact that ultimately it didn't come off? Every United fan watching that game tonight applauded Martial but the manager's focusing on the fact that he broke ranks and didn't score.
1: Exactly. Van Hal on the young sub. I wanted more running as in the first half we didn't have an attacking point. I'll just leave that one there. Uh, every team can lose to anybody else. So Lit- we are literally still true still race. Yep, yeah. yeah, yeah, very true. The way we played until the goal was good. I mean, I, I, we all know Van hal has got a very idiosyncratic way of speaking. and I do not want to sound like I'm having a go at him just because <laughs> this is how he speaks. But the things that he's saying and the way that he's saying them, I, I just cannot get my head around this. I can't understand that he thinks what he's seen today is good. It's terrible. It's appalling. The... the The way that we're folding in these situations where we absolutely need to be winning these games or at least challenging, putting some effort in, is just, it's not acceptable. And the resigned way in which he's taking on board this result, a 3-0 loss against a team that, all right, they've had a pretty damn good season, especially in comparison with us. But I'm sorry, I'm not trying to sound spoilt, but I expect more from United and I expect the manager of this club to treat this situation as something more important than, oh, well, well, you know, we'll, we'll go again. It's another game. You know, we've only got six more games left this season, but I'm pretty sure we can still get through. It'll be fine.
0: He's not managing like a man who really is too worried overall. No, about I, the I, of this.
1: You said some months ago, just how much does he care? At this stage, it doesn't really feel like a hell of a lot, does it?
0: I mean, ultimately let's uh, we'll draw a line under it here um he hasn't got the right players for his system whether that's an issue with his transfers or an issue with his system he should have changed one of them and ultimately when you realize your system isn't fit for purpose you have a transfer window in which you spend a lot of money to put that right in terms of players if that still doesn't work you change your system and he's done neither if it's a personnel issue it's his fault if it's a managerial issue and a man management issue it's his fault and
1: he's a personnel
0: issue yeah uh, and I, I, and as miguel delaney said you know he's he, he's using a very antiquated outdated precursor to a system that was in vogue when guardioli used it five years ago um and he's using it from a time before that so it's I have question marks about whether the system itself is suited to the Premier League anymore. I mean, the team that's winning the Premier League title this year is a counter-attacking team that hits up from back to front quite quickly. Is really, really quick in the transitions. I question as to whether we're not six or seven years behind the curve when it comes to playing possession football. But that's a whole other discussion. Twitter questions, Kevin? Yes, let's do it.
1: Okay. Cole Robinson. Uh, the only pertinent question, and it has been all season, is why isn't he fired yet? I haven't really got a good answer for that.
0: Um mathematical possibilities of qualifying for top four I
1: have a very elaborate theory that involves the Japanese Mafia
0: <laughs> yeah if you want to know Cole just tweet <laughs> no, no, no. me I'll,
1: I'll tell you but it's got to be in DMs uh, Gary at Irwell United asks be under house arrest for three years or read everything Van Hal has written in his book as United manager
0: that would be a good way to pass the house arrest I guess he'd do a lot of sleeping um, I, I don't know. I don't know how to answer that question.
1: No no I, mean, I, I did ask what people would prefer more one more year of Van Hall or the zombie apocalypse to occur. Right. And I'm um, pretty sure you can guess which one people went for. Okay, at Freak asks if Van Hall is the answer. What is actually the question?
0: Who should you hire if you wish to indulge a personal vanity project with little accountability for success?
1: Boom. At Vikash Patel asks my question is do you think the right replacement whoever that is will stop the decline or is it arguably too late now that's a really good one i think that should you bring in someone who has got a good track record for success or at least someone who is able to look at the situation and make necessary decisions on personnel in terms of who goes out and who comes in what sort of squad he wants to build how he wants to play and how he's going to approach this season. Whether or not we're in the Europa League. Because to be honest that looks pretty damn likely at this stage. Then I can see whoever comes in next doing a really good job at United. Whether that's Mourinho or anyone else. I don't think it's too late to arrest the rot by any chance. I think that United will cause incredible damage. If they decide to stick with Van Aal for one more season. And if they do that they will be setting themselves back a long long way.
0: It's never too late. You know, it's it's never too late. Providing the next appointment that is made is the right one, we can absolutely see some progress start again. Um, I think the the key point is it probably won't happen overnight. Um, but if I could, uh, through gritted teeth, point to Jurgen Klopp's Liverpool when I say that, actually, you know, you can see really strong evidence for progress, even if it's not necessarily reflected in the league table just yet. There is a man who is going to guide his Liverpool team to a not-too-greater finish than, than his predecessor this season. But I don't think it takes much observation to see just how much he's already improved them. And even though they will finish most likely below United in the table this season, um, they certainly have they certainly have a lot more reason for optimism than we do. So it's not all about league table in terms of signifying progress. But ultimately, that is what you'll be judged by.
1: Yeah, I think the big thing about Vikash's question in particular is: will they stop the decline? I think that whoever comes in next will stop the decline. Whether or not that'll be a quick process, how long is a piece of string?
0: Well, the thing is, if if Van Hal had been had parted ways with United in November, then it, it, we may not have actually been in decline. You know, It may have been he's done what he's can to arrest the rot that he found and now we've levelled out and now somebody can take us on. But what's happened is he's so far outstayed as welcome that now we're in terminal decline again. But I I so think it's to do with the manager. Of course we need more players. Of course we need more players. But the players that we have are are better than what they're showing at the moment. And they're certainly not this much worse than that Leicester City side. Um, but then nor is anyone (laughs) it's a strange season next question
1: ben smith asks can you just do a vote as to who thinks jose is coming i'm going to say no partly because i want him to come and if he doesn't join united in the summer then i won't be that disappointed and because i think it's a decision that makes far too much sense and i have not got that much faith in our board making sensible decisions right
0: now i think he will come because i can't see where else he could possibly end up um, well, boxing last night, apparently Well, yeah, I mean, he's apparently turned down the Real Madrid job again uh, after Benitez got sacked um, He talks about wanting to stay in England um, <laughs> The Chelsea and City jobs are sewn up for next season and it's unlikely that Arsenal are going to out-of-nowhere uh, part with Wenger um, It might seem like a like a, a small thing, but... Um, uh, Gianluca Di Marzio, uh, the gentleman Italian, uh, sports correspondent, football correspondent, that tends to get very, very heavily involved in in a lot of transfer talk. Um, has pretty much stated that for all intents and purposes, it's a done deal, and and has almost guaranteed that in 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 his Twitter conversations with people that that it's a foregone conclusion. The only thing that could stop it, I think, is if. Mourinho hasn't signed on the dotted line yet. That out of nowhere, for some mad reason, um, Edward would pull the carpet out from under him. Um, <laughs> you can which... see that.
1: You laugh, but you and I can both see that happening.
0: I-, I still think Mourinho will come in. But to be honest with you, I'm more concerned now about Van Hal going out.
1: <laughs> I, w- I would agree with that. I-, I think to a certain extent, if someone t- tells me next summer, look, Mourinho's not going to come in, Giggs is going to take over, but Van Hal will definitely be gone this summer and Giggs will take on this mess and try and fix it that would be preferable to sticking with Van Gaal for another season, it really honestly would. Just one final point before we run out for the evening Kev nine years ago tonight was the night where United uh, beat Roma 7-1 in the second leg of the Champions League quarter final those sort of nights feel like they are a long long way away at the moment, it was a really sobering thought thinking back to that night at Old Trafford and I mean so I expected United could turn that two-one deficit from the first leg over. That wasn't so much for a surprise. What was a surprise was the way we did it. It was fast football. It was counter-attacking. It was, you know, Ronaldo playing well. Alan Smith getting a goal. Michael Carrick with two incredibly well placed shots from outside the area. Ever scoring with a long ranged effort. Ronaldo getting his first ever goal in Europe. We just absolutely ripped them to complete and out of shreds. One of the best defensive teams, you know, in Italy for a start. You know, a country famed for defensive teams. And this notion of United being that sort of side at the minute just feels a million miles away from where we are at the moment it's incredible to consider
0: that that night for me kicked off that sort of the glory years of that team um, I say the glory years because they just about made it into plural years didn't they I mean mm-hmm. that team was assembled and disassembled so quickly but that was where it all started but you know what Yes, things are worse now, but that was only two years removed from, I guess, our main crisis point of the 2000s, which was the takeover. The Eric, the, the Eric Jemba Jemba years. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, the takeover as well. So it's never too late. There's always a turnaround. It's six more games, seven, maybe eight, if we somehow get to the final of the FA Cup. Uh, more games until this season is over i would be astonished if we made top four at this point and i'd be even more astonished if van hall uh stayed in the job if he failed to get top four so yeah. it's been a heck of a journey um but it's a
1: sobering evening again isn't it
0: i think we're somehow coming to the end of it now um although they uh, could be eating those words come september hey who knows But it feels like it's just about over now, doesn't
1: it? Well, the greatest pleasure I've had since uh, four o'clock this afternoon was talking to you, Kev.
0: (laughs) You're very kind. Ladies and gents, uh, thanks as always for sticking with us uh, through what has been a less than cheerful sort of couple of weeks. Um, Thank you so much for all the interaction on the Twitter account. We also have a Facebook page. Just search Red Voices MUFC. You'll find... Uh, Ewan on Twitter at Ewan Leonard. myself on Twitter at Kev underscore LT. Um, If you take a look back through the podcast, you'll see that we recorded some interviews in recent weeks with Miguel Delaney talking about Jose Mourinho and with Daniel Harris of The Guardian talking about just about everything, as well as a couple of pods we've recorded ourselves. Uh, Please do give us a sort of shout out if you enjoyed the pod. You know we're always looking to reach new listeners and uh, give us a review on iTunes or a like or a share and all other sort of social media jargon (laughs) thank you for tuning in take care of yourself and we'll see you again soon